I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. Hey, how you doing, Gary Jr.? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. I got myself a nice hot cup of green tea, decaffeinated tea in front of me. And it has a little, little honey in it and a few drops of lemon. And it's really fantastic. So, uh, yeah, doing well. Doing well. I, we know that football has started, not just for the college people, not just for the high school people. You know, high school has Fridays. Colleges have Saturday. But the NFL has started in earnest. And uh, we're not here to talk about the current NFL players and, and activities, but, you know, I just want to talk about that at the end. But we're here, Gary, to move forward on our top quarterbacks of all time. Well, least. actually, I want to oh, okay, start right. with – I want to start with some things first. Yes, we are going to get to the top, uh, you know, our four and three selections for the quarterback, uh, you know, top quarterbacks of all time. But I want to, I want to touch on two things first. Uh, one's a smaller story, and one's a one you know I would like to, you know, elaborate on. But the first one is the fact that the the uh, in baseball we don't really talk baseball a lot here on the here on this podcast, but uh, the Los Angeles Angels have. I made it known that they are willing to trade Mike Trout if he wants to go, whoa, which, is an, whoa. which is a nice way of saying that they are interested in moving off of Mike Trout. Whoa! So wow, yeah, it's a, that's, that's it's a, a uh, that's a big move, Gary. I, I tell you, you know, uh, you know better than I do. Your uh, your roommate, I think your freshman year, actually went to school with Mike Trout and didn't have many flattering things to say about it, so we're not going to talk about well, that part. Well, nobody, nobody did. I knew a lot of people that went to school with Mike Trout, and yeah, so a lot of them didn't have a lot of great things to say about him. This is our sports podcast this week. We're not doing politics where I'm always negative. But, no, I'm not always negative, people. I've tried to give people the truth and the facts and a little bit of my experience and what I've seen. And when you're being BS, I tell you, they're BSing you. you know? So that's what I, what I try to do. Because I know I know them. know them very well. I was one of them. So, anyhow. That's a totally, totally different type podcast, but for, for, for sports, we try to be kind of beat and then try to stay away from being personally negative, other than for guys who really, really deserve it, such as, well, we want to talk about the basketball situation, and I can get on and on, go on and on about that. But let's dig into this, Michael. Yeah, I hadn't heard this. So I, I, I'm not sure if they're sick of the fact that he only plays like, uh, you know, 100 games out of 162 or whether or not uh, they just are tired of being below 500 every year or whether or not they're, they're, they go into the season thinking they're going to do well and the Dodgers just do far, 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 far better than they do and they already make the playoffs. I don't know what the, the singular reason would be because Trout is a relatively speaking young guy. They already, you know, the check is the check. They already gave him the big check. Uh, well, what's your speculation on this, Gary? Obviously, Otani, uh, everyone thought Otani and Trout would be a, a, a great duo. But we all know in baseball, you know, you know duels don't always uh, don't always win your championships. That man or Maris did for years, but it doesn't you know automatically win your championships. So, what's your so, feeling? You, know, about- you brought up something that was interesting, and in, you know, with uh, Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. But one thing that you didn't mention is that the Yankees had a great team, right? So they the did. Angels, 
the Angels they, don't have a great team, you know. And, hey, the and I'm going to die since, since you gave me that opening, for all the listeners out there, I have nothing in front of me. I'm not on Google. I'm not on the internet. Yankees starting nine when they were the great New York Yankees had Bill Scarron at first base, folks. They had Bobby Richardson at second base. Had Tony Kubek at shortstop. Cleet Borer at third base. The catching position, Austin Howard was MVP one year, along with Yogi Berra. They also had Johnny Blanchett filling in from time to time as well. Then in the outfield, they had Roger Maris in center field, which is the key position for all Yankee players. Uh, Babe Ruth's position and Jonah Maggio, you know, et cetera. They had Mickey Mantle. And then in left field, uh, so if Yogi wasn't catching, they put him in left. If uh, Austin Howard wasn't catching, they put him at first base and stuff for Scar, and they put him in left. Or Blanchard, they put in left. But for the most part, they had Hector Lopez playing playing left field. Tom, sometimes, as they moved along, they had this guy by the name of Tom Thrush, who was also very good, one rookie of the year that year. Uh, so that was the great Yankees. I said nine. Okay, we got pitchers. You got, uh, I mean, Waddy Ford was like a legend. It was spitball, man. But you, you, they had us a fantastic pitching staff. Ralph Terry was on the mound as well. So those are the two best Best starters. Louis Royal came out of the bullpen, and he was a little tricky because he had he had a screwball. But I digress, Gary. But you got me on my Yankees, and you brought a smile to my face because I got to think about good things about the Yankees versus what we've seen this year. And I don't want to be negative again, so I'm, I'm digressing, and I'm going to let you go ahead. <laughs> so. so, in other words, you just told the listeners to Google all these players because half of them they don't know. Uh, but uh, well, if you're all like me, you know these, and if you're real real Yankee fan, you know, everything I'm talking about. And I'm just talking about the Yankees from the 60s. I can deal with the Yankees during other years, too. But let's not deal with that for today. Let's just move forward. Yes, like I was saying, Mike Trout and, and Shohei Otani are great players, but the Angels did not build did not build a great team. The Angels are known for spending a lot of money on players that don't work out. Um, Anthony Rendon, you know, he played for the Nationals when they won their – World Series, I believe it was, I think, you know, it's been so long now. What was it, 2019, 2018? One of those years. Oh, no. uh, he was he was on the team. He was the star player on the team, and he got a nice 10-year contract, and he's been terrible. Yep. They brought in Albert Pujols after he oh, yeah. was, you know what he was able to do. He got a, he got a you know, 10, 11-year contract, and he was terrible. Couldn't, they, wait, to get out. You know, couldn't wait to get out, Gary. Couldn't wait to go, to St. go back to St. Louis. Go ahead. <laughs> That's because he was so bad. They wanted him out too. Yeah, so, you know, they, yeah, yeah. They they made a whole whole lot of bad decisions. You know, that's just two of them. Obviously, you know, the list goes on and on and on of how many bad decisions the Angels have made throughout. And you know, I think they want to you know just rebuild their team. I think they know that Otani's gone. He's probably going to go to the Dodgers. You know, they kind of, you know they kind of have that feeling, and they you know they may want to trade Mike Trout away, um, which that just shows you how dumb the Yankees are because they have a center fielder that's playing extremely well and they could have traded him for Trout. But now they're not going to do that, which means Trout may end up in some place called Boston or, or, you know, someplace like Houston, a place that we don't want him to end up just because of the fact that, um, you know, these teams have so many assets to use and the angels are trying to rebuild their team. Uh, but I want to, I want to start on that. Cause I know that you didn't, you know, that you didn't hear that story. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say before we transition? No, uh, bottom line, Gary. I think um, if I'm the owner, if I were the owner of the uh, of the Angels, I, w- I would really do the same thing. If you can't win, 
with the players you have, it's, it's time to get new players. I mean, it's just you know basic numbers, you know, and they they really have not been serious challengers, you know, in the last no in quite some time as we talked about already. But it even goes back further than that, Gary. Historically speaking, even back when they started back in the late sixties, early seventies, the Angels always made bad mistakes. <laughs> made mis- they had a couple of good years here or there, but for the most part. Uh, their decisions were always the wrong one. So they would keep going to door number one or door number two. They picked the wrong door every time. So I'm not uh, I'm not too surprised by this um the organization that they're trying to go through. But um and I and I do I hear you. I do hear you. I tell you the Red Sox will love to get trout. Houston will love to get trout. And who knows? San Diego can I mean San Diego doesn't mind paying pay, paying people zillions of dollars and they don't mind having players who are future Hall of Famers even sitting on the bench. Yeah, I mean, no problem with that. So, um, you know, it's it's it, he he will have a lot of suitors. That's for sure. And I I wouldn't, yeah, because the Yankees are so bad, and the general manager should be fired, and the coach should be fired. They won't be smart enough to go after him, but there, there'll be a lot of other teams out there trying to go get him. Because if Trout can play center field, guess what? He can also play left. So. Yeah, the bottom line of it is there's room for a great player if you want that great player. The question is, he's hurt all the time. He's just hurt all the time. Now, all I'm going to say is that usually people are hurt all the time. His history we show in baseball, it's usually because they use something known as steroids, okay? Yeah, we don't want to <laughs> get into that. There's plenty of rumors. How in the hell am I supposed don't. to know? All I'm saying that he gets hurt all the time. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, just just the last thing before we, you know, before we switch topics. But there's plenty of players that get hurt all the time that don't take steroids. We have two that, of them in Stanton okay. and Judge. That, so, so, so what's that move, is true? You know, let's move forward. That's, let's move Mike, forward on this. Love you, Mike. Not not take. I take back those statements. I can't, but it's on the table. What do you mean? So, so let's uh, move forward. On, let's move forward on this. The. Um, the other thing I want to touch on is the fact that the USA team and the FIBA uh, Cup, which is basically to, you know, be in the Olympics, it's, it's, it's basically being, you know, the placement in the Olympics um, in 2024. Obviously, it's going to, well, for people that don't know, it's going to be in France in 2024. Um, so, you know, the French team didn't have to, you know, did not have to, to participate, which will probably have Rudy Gobert and Victor Womanyama on the same team, which will probably be... Uh, the first uh, duo of power forward and center of guys that are both over 72. So that'll be very interesting to see. But the USA team did not get a medal for the second t- for the second time in a row. Before it happened in 2018, they didn't do it since, I believe, 1970. Um, so it's very embarrassing. Uh, when they did it in 2018, it was the Boston Celtic team. They had Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Tatum. And they finished in seventh place. This year, they finished in fourth place because they lost to Canada, of all teams. Canada? For the bronze medal. Yes, they lost to Canada. Uh, now, Canada does have some, you know, they do have some um, some NBA players, and some of them are actually well-known players. Uh, Say Gilded Alexander is the best player on the team. We know how great he is. Uh, they also have uh, Lewis Dort. Who played for? Who played for Oklahoma City? Uh, he's a he's actually one of their you know key rotation players. 
Uh, let me see if I can pull up. You know, let me see if I can get a few other guys. Uh, Dylan Brooks as well. You know, the quote unquote LeBron stopper. That's for all the LeBron fans out there. He actually had thirty nine points um, in the game, so he actually did something right for once. Uh, but yeah, you know they, you know, and R.J. Barrett, of course, is also on that team as well. So they have, you know, some guys that are starters, but we lost to them in overtime, and it's embarrassing. And I want to, you know, I want to make this very clear that, you know, yes, the world has gotten better, but but what I've taken from this is two things that I've taken from this. Adam Silver needs to change some of the rules in the NBA because if we can't compete in international play. With our B squad guys, we have a problem. You know, the NBA is too soft. We all we always say it, the NBA is too soft. And I get it. You know, there's also you know a flip side to this. Why, as the people that created the game of basketball, why do we have to play in the rules that they play in? They should play in our rules because we created the you know you know the damn sport. But they you know they don't want to do that because they'll lose to us every single time. So they change the rules to fit them, so we got to play their rules, which is just ridiculous. But since that's the case, we have to have, you know, I know the Olympic team in 2024 is going to be stacked. We all know that. You know, there's going to be a chance that Steph Curry probably is going to play because Steph Curry's never played in the Olympics, you know, very shockingly. Um, you know, there'll probably be. Yeah, he's never played in the Olympics. He's played in the, he's played in the World Cup, the FIBA World Cup, I believe, in, um, in 2014, but he's actually never played for the <laughs> Olympic team. Um, you know, obviously Kevin Durant will probably come back and play. Who knows? LeBron may come back for his final hurrah on the Olympic team. You know, we just don't know because, you know, since he loves being in France so much. Um, but, you know, it's just, you know, it's just really bad. And if you, when I read you the name of the players that were on the team, you're going to be like, okay, some of these guys are, you know, are good players. Most of them are good players, but they're not, you know, they shouldn't be on the Olympic team. Yeah, Pablo Bancaro team and you know he's going to become a great player but he shouldn't be on the team yet and okay. Mikel Bridges has the potential to be a great player he shouldn't be on the team Jalen Brunson I think should be on the team but now he's just starting point guard but I think he should be on the team I think Anthony Edwards could make the team I wouldn't be upset by that uh Tyrese Halliburton should not be on the team he's an up-and-coming player but he's not, not should be on the team Josh Hart should definitely not be on the team Brandon Ingram should not be on the team Darren Jackson Jr. could be on the team, but if he's not on the team, I wouldn't be upset. He was Defensive Player of the Year this year. I'm sorry, last year now, I guess. But I wouldn't put him on the team. Cam, Cam Johnson, no. Walker Kessler, I didn't even know who he was. Uh, Bobby Portis, no. Austin Reeves, no. Right? That's the team. Austin Reeves? Right. That, no. that, was the, that was the team that went to the World Cup. And, you know, and, you know, for us this year, that's not a good, you know, this is a good team, but it's not, it's not the team that we should be putting out, out there at all. This is kind of disgraceful. Why don't we have De'Aaron Fox playing? Why don't we have Trey Young playing? Why don't we have Zion getting his butt out there and playing? Look, even if Zion can't play 10 minutes for, you know, you know, uh, 10 games for the Pelicans, he can give us 10 minutes, you know, um, why aren't some of these young guys playing? We get why John Moran's not playing. They don't want him to play. Fine. But there's plenty of, you know, there's plenty of talent that we can, you know, put on the floor and just, you know, destroy these teams. And it doesn't have to be Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and LeBron James. You know, so I have a major issue with the fact that these play. you know, maybe it's the players. 
or you know, it could be the USA. You know how we pick our players, but the world is catching up. But we're still far, far, far and away better than all these other you know uh, countries. Because even if they have a Nikola Jokic, we still have the other four best players on the court. And, and half the time, we have the best player on the court. Because I think Nikola Jokic is being overrated because he just won a championship. But Nikola Jokic still can't guard a snail. He can't guard anybody. And he can't jump at all. He's a very skilled offensive player, but he's not a great defensive player. And he, he could be taken advantage of if guys had a low post game, which none of these guys do anymore. But that's either here or there. The USA team definitely, you know, is a big disappointment. When they lost to uh, Lithuania, it was disappointing. It was, you know, to me that was disgraceful too because Lithuania doesn't have, barely have any NBA players, right? They're just a really big team, and we brought in a team that barely has one seven-footer on it. Well, that's our fault. But all in all, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't pleased at all. I know what they're going to do. They're going to bring the best players in 2024, and it won't matter. But I think we need to take every tournament seriously to prove the point. And we are still the best country uh, for basketball at all times. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, you said a mouthful, Gary, and I, I agree with you. I think that um, for starters, we need a better commissioner of NBA. Now, this would not happen with David Stern. This is what happened. We can't have the babies running the league or running basketball. These guys are just prima donnas making zillions of dollars a year in a sport in which many of them, they weren't the height they are, they would not be able to find gainful employment. I hate to say it like that. I, I hate to say it like that. And regardless of their basketball skills, or even with their basketball skills, without having a basketball, wouldn't be able to find gainful employment. So this is it's very sad from that one perspective. So they should be catering to their, their consumer, which are the fans. And they shouldn't give us crap all the time. They shouldn't give us a crappy all-star game sponsored by LeBron James. They shouldn't give us that. We don't want that kind of crap. They should not give us a situation where we got Henry Jackson, Bobby Simmons, Henry Judy, Doodle all competing against NBA dunk contests. We don't know any of those guys. Why are we interested? We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. Okay. So they can't demand. The man, forget about how much money they should, they, they have to pay them because they already make too much money. So you give them a million, oh, okay, so now I got $648 million. It doesn't make any difference for it. They should have it in their contract that when the NBA says you have to do something, you either do it or you forfeit the entire contract. That's all they have to do. And then we'll be dominant in basketball. Then we would have a great all-star game then we would have a fantastic slam dunk contest, but you're allowing these babies, grown babies, to run everything. I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. And they get away with it. Oh, you're going to find me 100,000 miles? Okay, I'll take it out of my pocket. Here you go. It's a shame, Gary. Not any of the players you mentioned were first-team All-NBA, second-team All-NBA, third-team All-NBA, if you had a fourth-team All-NBA, if you had a fifth-team All-NBA, only Jalen Rose, I'm sorry, Jalen Brunson would make that. Well, that's the not rest fair. Of guys, uh, the rest of these guys couldn't sniff an All-Pro NBA team. They shouldn't be on the court representing the United no, no. States. Can I, I got to interrupt you here because there, 
there are some guys that would have. Tyreek Halliburton, Burton, I think if he stayed healthy, would have had a chance. Because no, at no, one no. point he was, yeah, he was yeah. leading the league in assists at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am not saying that these were, guys aren't, some of these guys are up and comers. I, I, I like Pat, no. Pablo Abenture. I, I like a lot of these guys. No, but, but what I was saying, saying the Olympics only comes along once every four years. Right, but this isn't the we Olympic team. Plan I want to make it clear. Go ahead. I want to make it clear this is not this is not the Olympic team that's going in twenty four. This is I the understand that. World Cup team, yeah. and some of I these guys would have made, I think, third team NBA. But I don't think. They, but I do agree with you. These are not first and second team All NBA. None of them make the. These are, make the, the only, these the are borderline All Star players. A lot of them. The border. The only two players who could potentially, and they, they'd be doing this guy a tremendous favor because he's never done anything for it this year. That's Tyrese Halliburton. Okay, fine. Jalen Brunson, I always liked him, okay? I liked the Flintstone all the days. But the bottom line of it is, Gary, none of them. Austin Reeves, he barely got a starting position with the Lakers midway through the season. And now he's on the Olympic team, the potential Olympic team. Oh, come on. It's absolute joke. Bobby Portis, he can barely start. He doesn't even start for the Bucs after time. Yeah, so, the, so the bottom line of it is, bottom line of it is, it should be a requirement in their contract that they have to participate in NBA sanctioned events or they forfeit their contract. Simple as that. Well, simple as that. The association would never agree with that. Let me just finish. Go ahead. If if they do that, Gary, their moms will be poked out. They'll be back of days to go out in the court. That's fine. That's fine. Show the world how stupid you are and how childish you are if you want to act like that. But the bottom line of it is you have an obligation to the consumer, to the fans, to actually give 100% when you put on an NBA uniform. You have that obligation. If you don't have that obligation or that pride, then so be it. The people will see it and see through it. And, and, and believe me, consumers know how to respond. But the bottom line of it is it's the commissioner who lets these individuals do whatever they want to do. A clause should be included in their contract that says whatever the NBA association agrees to do, unions included, you know, the union has a say in this. No, 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 no. But whatever it's agreed to that the NBA says they should do within their contract, within every player's contract, if you say, no, I'm not going to do that, or if you have an injury that you can be proven later on that it was a fake injury, forfeit your entire contract. It won't happen. It's all about the Red Benjamins. They don't care about it. They, they demonstrated too, way too many times they don't care about the fans. They wouldn't give us this crappy All-Star game if they cared about the fans. We enjoyed the All-Star game for 50 years until these guys changed it. <laughs> They're right, though. All for the last 40 years, they were all wrong. Jerry West, Elgin Bay, they were all wrong. Magic, oh, that was stupid. Oh, man, Larry Bird, I wouldn't put an All-Star game like that. Michael Jordan, ah, that's too high to play like that. No, they want their... Pickup game, YMCA, Boys Club, All Star game. And they think we're supposed to like it because they tell us we're supposed to like it. Get rid of East and West Division. Just have two guys who use the same two guys every year pick their team, and that's the way it is. <laughs> so, oh, uh, how about us? We're the, we're the fans? Oh, screw you. You just watch. We're going to do it anyhow. And that's what they do. And so I think it's very unfortunate, Gary. And, and, and I tell you, it's it's sad that that they're they're getting away with it, and I, I'll tell you this: 
in other sports, let me tell you, they would not get away with this. <laughs> they would not get away with such nonsense. They just would not. And if for, I, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, just for the record, I want to also read off the 2019 roster that finished in seventh place that I mentioned earlier. So their roster was, now mind you, this is 2019, so some of these guys are better now, but in 2019 they weren't, okay? So Harrison Barnes, Jalen Brown, Joe Harris, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Donovan Mitchell, Mason Plumley, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Miles Turner, Kemba Walker, and Derek White. That was the 2019 roster that finished in seventh place. Yeah, that's pretty, I was going to say, yeah, that's pretty bad, too. Now, granted, a lot of them got better. A lot of yes. them got better. Jim Brown is now, you know, the million dollar, the hundreds of, hundreds of million dollar man, and he was a second or third team all pro. Right, and Jason Tatum was first team, and, and Jason Tatum was top first. Five, six yeah, no, no, I'm, yeah. I'm not, not knocking that, but at, at the time they weren't, no. they weren't ready for the for that level, and it showed. Yes. Yes. So I, I think it's very unfortunate that the NBA commissioner allows this to happen in the means of Americans like this, and I, I hope it's not being done in a contrived type manner to let the Europeans feel more confident about about basketball and feel more energetic about basketball, and you know they 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 don't they. They practice all year long just to play against Americans. You know, they have to get psyched up for this game like it's a game of the lifetime. And so maybe it does generate revenue for the NBA in an indirect manner, and maybe it does direct, allow for more white players to be developed in Europe. I, I don't know. There may be some ulterior motives behind this, but the bottom line of it is just from a, from a basic perspective, NBA players should fulfill their obligation as NBA players in representing their teams and when necessary, the United States. Simple as that. It's not hard. And my last message is that the commissioner should, should or someone should, I don't know whose job it is, and maybe it should have happened 40, 50 years ago. But the fact that we have to play by their rules is ridiculous. The fact the three-point line is closer for them because we have to play international rules while we're the people that created the sport is a major issue. But... That, you know, that's how it's been for years, and I've never liked it. I've always felt like it was very weird and strange. Um, I don't know why we're trying to help out other countries to win. They don't do that for us in soccer. We have no chance to win in soccer. They don't change the rules in soccer. It's yeah. the same but, rules. Yeah, right? the, only reason so, why th- yeah, the only reason why I think is because they're trying to generate more European players who can play in the NBA, and they, in order to get that excitement, they need to show the that the European teams can actually beat the so-called top NBA players. Right, but, you they can't. Can't. but the European players are, let's just use European, the international players cannot play with us because they're not playing by our rules. They're playing by their rules now. We have to play by their, the ball. Everything is international rules, which makes no sense. Why is the international rules so different than our rules we have here? It makes absolutely yeah, I agree. no sense. And, I agree. I know. And, and <clears throat> I know this for a fact. A lot of the international rules were changed because of the Dream Team in '92. So they mm-hmm. still allow physical play. We don't, yeah. which makes no sense, right? So, so it's it's very I interesting, agree. you know, you know, on all on all levels. But uh, 
I agree. And also what they did. And also what they did, Gary, and this is something that the American players kind of allowed to have happen because they, they assimilated into the European League. Back in the day, and I'm talking about the eight, you know, the, the Michael Jordan team, the super team, all those teams, they had a center position and they had post play, serious post play, <laughs> which, and, and believe me, if they had, they allowed serious post play. Um, now, right now, because there are the many big, big time centers who could play that position, and many of them are foreign at this point. I'm thinking of Embiid. I'm thinking of um, the Joker. I'm thinking of the, the two guys you mentioned who are from France. We used to have some of the best centers in in the world, and we were able to just dominate the low post in such a manner that they expanded Mm-hmm. The foul line, the you know when you line Not up the foul line, the paint, the paint, the paint, they made the paint. The paint they expanded wider, the paint. So you couldn't right, so you couldn't you couldn't get too close to the basket. They expanded. They said, "Oh, can't do this anymore." Yep, because Shaq Sha- 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 was dominating them in '96, so they had yeah. to change it because they couldn't guard Shaq, which is not yeah. our problem. So, That's your so problem. They, yeah, so there have been changes, and they went back to it because now the United States has accommodated them. And they don't have anybody playing the post anymore. So, yeah, they don't have a center position. So, that's just being stupid on the part of the NBA players and, 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 and them adopting the European style as well. So, I agree with you. There, there, there's, we dominate, we've, we've, we established the sport and, and the international players changed it, and we have been forced to accept their changes. Only, but the weird and thing is, sometimes only- teams accepted their changes by not having a post player anymore. Which makes the game only a game in which if you get a ball machine, you can shoot a couple thousand shots a day, you're going to win. And that's what right, they do. But the, but the weird thing is, I don't mean you know, to say too much on this, on this topic, but the weird thing is, is that the, we have to play an international rule, but the international players play by the same rule. They have no adjustment. They have no change. It's the same for them. And that's, that's my biggest issue with it. And honestly, there's only two – Back to the basket players in the NBA right now, and you mentioned them in Bead and, and Joker because Rudy Gobert and you know we don't know how Victor plays yet, but Rudy Gobert does not play you know when he's back to the basket at all. No. Everybody wants to be Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis and throw up a bunch of three point shots, which makes absolutely no sense. But they're able to do that because they do want to play a five out offense. They do want to play more you know pace and space, but internationally they don't play that way, which is to me. It, it makes absolutely no sense why we are the only uh, place that plays differently than they do. We should play the same way that they do since they now control the rules. But they don't want to do that, right? So it's a whole, you know, it's a whole mess, which also why some players don't translate too well. Like Brandon Ingram, who, we met, uh, who I mentioned who was on the team, didn't have a good, you know, FIFA tournament. That's because the game doesn't fit him. Yeah, they, they, their rules do not help Brandon Ingram. They're allowed to play physical, which Brandon Ingram weighs like 190 pounds, and they don't allow a whole lot of one-on-one play. So it doesn't. So he's he's useless, you know, in that setting. Which I don't know why he made the team, but again, that's you know that's neither here or there because of that reason. 
you have to be a skilled basketball player to be able to survive in you know in international rules. They don't want to talk about it, but Giannis actually struggles in international play. Well, Gary, one that. one of the big one of the big changes is that you know an NBA is against the rules, against the, the basketball rules, to play zone. And I never not anymore. You can play zone now. You yeah. can't play zone in the NBA. You just can't. You yeah, can't no, but sit, you can't sit in the paint anymore. You can't sit in the paint. Yeah, you can but play the bottom, zone. bottom line of it is, Gary, there's a time in, in those international leagues in which all they did was play zone, and that that just killed the United States. Right. That was it. Right. We did change that rule in 2004 because 2005 because we lost, you know, and, you know, and got the bronze medal. <laughs> so we changed that rule where you can play zone now. But but obviously the difference is international play is more like college basketball where you can have a center just stand in the paint and not move. Yeah. We still have the three second rule, which we yeah. don't really follow, but it's there. Yeah. So I you know, so there's I agree with you. If the rules will change, I think it'll be far better.
interesting. I I, I want to see Golden State play more, obviously, but they got CP injury. I mean, CP three on, on the team, and um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, um, they will have Golden State on frequently. I think I don't think we have to hope for that. I think they're going to be on. They're on the most out of any team in the NBA. They because they they do have the, you know, when you have potentially four Hall of Famers on the on the court. It does warrant getting you're getting a lot of uh, TV time, so I, I, I'm not surprised by that. Um, I, I am a little surprised by the kind of disrespect that is being shown to uh, to, to Miami and to even the Celtics. I know you mentioned they're playing the Lakers on, on that day, but you know, the stuff. I, I, I would think that they would. I agree with you, Gary. Show a little more love for the for the Eastern Conference. So you have the Greek freak, a two time MVP guy. You got the the reigning MVP and Bead in Philadelphia. He's not going to be. They haven't. I don't. I'm not sure if well, I heard Sixers playing. Who are the Sixers playing? They are, they're playing on Christmas Day. They're playing on Christmas okay. Day. The uh, yeah, the Sixers are playing the Heat at eight o'clock. They're actually showing them a lot of love on Christmas. That, that is good. I missed that. I, didn't, I, I was going to say I, I was. I didn't hear the Heat, and I didn't hear. I didn't hear the Sixers because, and I think that's very disrespectful. That would have been very disrespectful because I think they both had. I think that the Heat had a great year considering all things being considered. And I think that the MVP, the reigning MVP, should get some uh, some, some airtime. And, and so uh, they did that with Joker in the last couple of years, and I think they should should do that with the Sixers. Uh, I, I just think that you have the guy who made the biggest splash during the, during the uh, offseason, that being Jalen Brown, getting the biggest one of the biggest contracts in, in sports history, at least basketball sports history, you would think they want to show him more, but you know he's not that type of player. He's not a player that you you, you kind of. Um, I'm going to go through a snowstorm to see Jalen Brown. You, you know, it's not really. You watch it on TV. No. So, well, that's not well, real quick. Real quick, that's not fair to Jalen Brown. Uh, that's just because he made All NBA and he was the first player first contract to come up with the extension. Uh, yeah, you know, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Uh, next season. Now, if yeah, you no. want to talk about the fact that these guys may make too much money, you know, for what they're doing, that's a whole different conversation. But I agree. You know, no, it's just it's just timing. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not showing any disrespect toward him. I'm just saying that I would think they would want to show him. That's all I'm saying. I, I would think that you want well, to. He's on a, well, they are. He's on Christmas Day. Yeah, I didn't. I, that's why I didn't hear. The, I didn't hear the Celtics. I mean, the 76ers yeah, that, playing. Yeah, the Heat, and I heard the sex. The, the Celtics playing the Lakers. But uh, you know, so that those are good things. Those are good things. Yeah. So one last thing for the listeners, uh, you know, for one team to pay attention to, watch to pay attention to that the NBA will not have on TV because they're not going to want to promote those two teams because they're in a smaller market. But the Thunder are going to be an extremely interesting team to watch this season, especially with Chet Holmgren uh, being able to play this season. Hopefully, he's able to stay on the court. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, were a playing team last year without him and without, you know, all the other guys that they've had on their team. They had a few injuries on their roster, and their guys are now getting more and more experience. Oklahoma City is definitely a very interesting and exciting team that I think has a, has a chance to, uh, you know, not even be in a play-in uh, tournament this year. And another team that I think is very interesting, and obviously, you know, we'll do our breakdown for the standings as we get closer and closer to the uh, to the actual NBA season. You know, they're both in the Western Conference, and, and that's the Sacramento Kings. Again, they're not showing the Kings any 
any love at all. You know, you know, they were a top three seed in the Western Conference last year. And um, I think that is wrong because, again, you know, we know that a lot of – a lot of, well, not a lot. Some teams don't take the NBA regular season uh, seriously, and I think they should show love to the Sacramento Kings because they did take it seriously. And they lost in a thriller uh, game seven against the Golden State Warriors just the previous season. Yeah, with Sacramento, Gary, I think they're going to have to do it again. I think that the NBA say, oh, oh, okay, okay, you surprised us. I mean, they didn't surprise the NBA. They knew they had a good team. But the viewers are saying, Sacramento, didn't Shaq call them the Queens? You know, so I think that we have to get over the fact that Sacramento hasn't been on the big stage in so long. They got on the stage and they did extremely well. But I think for a lot of folks, uh, we're not dying to see the Sacramento. No, you you are. Yeah, I'm not saying you may not be. But a lot of folks are not dying to see the Sacramento Kings because they, you know, there's a couple of players that can't really identify with the team that much. So I, I think they're going to they're gonna earn their keep. They're going to earn their way. Um just like, you know, Denver is now a team that we're going to see on TV a lot. You know, we, we know their players now. We know how good they are. They, I mean, it's not just a one-man team. It's not just the Joker. They have they have some solid players. Murray's good. They got good. They got a lot of good players on that team, and they're a well-coached team. So I think Sacramento's going to have to kind of earn their stripes a little bit before they get on TV more frequently. Uh, it's kind of tough right now with that West Coast uh, uh, schedule because they're uh, – you know, there are a lot of good teams on the West Coast, and we haven't even talked about Phoenix. I mean, we mentioned them in passing, but, you know, they're they're going to – they do have Durant, you know, so <laughs> they do have two of the most prolific scorers in the game, and Anton's still there too. So they, they're, they're going to be in the conversation. So it, it, the West is going to be uh, pretty loaded this year, but I, I want to get back to another point you made before. You know, they shouldn't ignore the East because, once again, you got – you got two guys who won three MVPs from the East, and if throw Tatum in there, Tatum probably ended up runner-up or third in MVP voting the last two or three years himself. So uh, there's some good basketball in the East Coast. I mean, let's add the New York Knicks to it. You know, but I'm not saying these guys are going to be in the in the championship uh, in the NFC in, in the conference championship. But there, there's some decent teams out there. But there are a lot of you're right. There are a lot of bad teams, too. There are a lot of bad teams, but some of those bad teams may get better because they got some, you know, new new blood coming in, and that this should be interesting to see. And OKC, Gary, I am interested in seeing OKC. I'm, I'm interested in seeing San Antonio uh, because of the big because of their new guy. I'm, I'm very interested in seeing those teams, but I think that the NBA, having seen Victor play in the summer league, I think they're going to kind of hold that off a little bit. I don't think we're going to see them too early in the in the. Uh, in the basketball season, unless I'm wrong on that. You see any action on TV for the San Antonio Spurs? Yes, the second game of the season. uh, Yeah, the second game of opening, you know, the second day of opening night, they play the Dallas Mavericks on ESPN. Okay. That's appropriate. I mean, the guy is the uh, zillion-dollar man and the new, well, they're saying the new future for them in in, in NBA. But, you know, I wouldn't mind still seeing the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans have have a, have a lot of talent, and that could be that some. If people stay healthy, it could be an exciting team. Uh, any love for the Pelicans in early early in the year, Gary? Or they're just ignoring New Orleans. I'm not ignoring them, but Zion has to prove that he's going to be healthy and on the court. That's a good point. See, that's that's the thing. Some teams have to kind of show it. I, I think that uh, Sacramento gets if they get off to a great start, start better than some of the other teams in the West, like the Lakers and others. I think they're going to show Sacramento some love, and I think that. 
you know, what the verdict, the, the judgment is still out on the Pelicans. I think they they have to earn their way back into the limelight, so to speak, because you know, for a lot of people, Zion who. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.